find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the episode. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We're recording the podcast at night, even later than last time. My head hurts. That sucks. You gotta suck it up. You're the reason we have to do this so late today. Me? Yeah. You are. No. I had all the time in the world to do this. We. Yeah. You think this podcast is not just you. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. If it, if it, it should be. Yeah. Because then you would never watch any of the movies. You'd never record. And even if you did do all both of those things, you wouldn't know how to edit it. I do know how to edit it. I edited the... It would take you a week just to edit it one episode. <laughs> I edited one episode one time. And yes, it is your fault because we... I wanted to watch the movie yesterday and then record today. And instead, you were like, can we just watch it tomorrow? And I was like, okay, we can watch it tomorrow, but we're going to watch it and record it. I didn't Welcome to like the consequences it. of your actions. I didn't feel like watching it last night. And then guess what? I still didn't feel like watching it today. I know. You never feel like watching it. I mean, I, I'm going to pull the I, veil back on this podcast. <laughs> Kayla never feels like watching these movies. Once and I she get, never feels like recording. Once I get into it, I don't mind. But I just, I don't want to watch it. I'd rather watch Catfish. You're like a toddler who like no. doesn't want to go down for a nap and you're no. and then like throwing a fit and you're like you need a nap the reason why you are acting this way is because you need to nap and then once they nap they're like oh so great so good i feel better you're like i don't want to watch the movie and then you end up watching it and usually end up enjoying it it's a time and then we record and you're like this is fun yeah Anyways, uh, this was my pick this week, and because I'm a little autistic, I um, did a, I, one day I was bored and I made a list of 100 horror movies, and it's basically a list that is compiled from like the most watch slash reviewed movies on like Letterboxd. And IMDb, IMDb, like horror movies specifically, and then like other, like a conglomeration of a bunch of lists, listicles being like, these are the top 10, top 50 best horror movies or scariest horror movies, and I just compiled them all together. And then some other horror movies that I've been wanting to watch too, if they weren't included on any of those lists. And I made a list of them, and it's a hundred of them, and I have a hundred sided die. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'm just going to roll it and then whatever it lands on, that's what we're going to watch for my pick because picking it sometimes is really hard. So what we landed on this week was one that I had never fucking heard of ever. Um, Me either. But it had to have either, if I hadn't heard of it, it had to either have been one of the most watched horror movies, most highly rated horror movies, or on a list of like best horror movies. And that movie is Switchblade Romance. 
And for whatever reason, when I Googled it, found out that's actually not the name of the movie. And it's called High Tension. So it's the, so I figured out why. Mm-hmm. The movie is a French movie. Yeah. And in French, it's the title of it is High Tension. So the English direct translation of it is High Tension. That's the name of the movie, High Tension. But it was released in the UK with the title Switchblade Romance. Fair enough. So I guess whatever article I had read, because even on Letterboxd, it's High Tension. So I guess whatever article I had read, it was from the UK. I don't think either title is that great, to be honest. Switchblade Romance, honestly, is better than High Tension. Because he uses a switchblade. To... Yeah. And it's a romance. <laughs> I guess. Anyway. Um, so switchblade romance, a.k.a. high tension or high tension, a.k.a. switchblade romance. It's a French movie. Um, it was released in 2003. It has a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So not terrible. Not good, not terrible. Um, this was directed by Alexandre Aha, Aja. Uh, he also directed The Hills Have Eyes. It was also written by Alexandre and Gregory Lavasseur, who also helped uh, write a movie called Oxygen, which is also a French film found on Netflix. Um, this is starring Ces- Cecily. It's either Cecily, Cecile. I don't know. I need to look up these names before I say them out loud. Cécile de France. She was in The French Dispatch and she plays Marie in this movie. We also have Mae Wen. Just one name like Beyonce. Mae Wen. Who was in Leon the Professional. And she plays Alex in this film. And then we also have Philippe Nahon, who plays the creepy man in this movie. He hadn't been in anything. He's been in a lot of like smaller French films, but there's nothing that I had that I know. So sorry. Maybe if I was from France, I would know some of the things that he's in. Uh, the budget for this movie was 2.5 million U.S. dollars. How much do you think it made in the box office? Kawa. Wait, sorry. What was the budget? 2.5 million. I'm gonna say five million. No. What was it? $6.8 million. U.S. dollars. Nice. Good for them. Yep. So I have a summary and then you have a Kayla's question at all? Sure. Okay. So my summary is, got it off of IMDb. I did not write this and this is the first time I'm reading this. Best friends Marie and Alex decide to spend a quiet weekend at Alex's parents secluded farmhouse but on the night of their arrival the girl's idyllic getaway turns into an endless night of horror that's a pretty good one yeah that wasn't too bad short and sweet i like it except they call her alexia maybe it's like maybe in french yeah because one of my things is that this movie was awfully dubbed in english yeah yeah and i don't think there was any option for us to turn it off and then there were parts where it was they were just it was like it went from being dubbed and then there were parts (laughs) like the whole middle part of it is like in french with subtitles which was pretty good yeah and then it goes back to being dubbed near the end so i don't know yeah yeah i i didn't mind it though because i 
less reading for yeah, you and your I tiny would not pea brain. have been able to focus. Do you have a Kayla's question? Sure. Okay. Um, what is a weird dream you've had? A weird dream? I just had one the other day, and it? I remember it. Okay, so weird dream that I've had. So, we have a landlord because we rent this place. Mm -hmm. I had a dream that for whatever reason, we were on a trip somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we were staying at an Airbnb, but it was owned by our landlord. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I have this Airbnb. You guys can just stay there. We didn't have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. He was like, you're my tenants. You can just stay here. Mm -hmm. So, we were staying there. And I guess his family was also vacationing somewhere nearby or they lived nearby or whatever. And so his family, we would see them all the time. And so when, like, it was our first night there and his family, like, his entire family was there to, like, greet us. And we were in the room, like, unpacking or whatever. And his daughter Mm -hmm. was in the room with us. And she was, like, older like maybe in her teens or so Mm -hmm. she was acting really weird and then she was like i need to tell you guys something and she was like there's cameras everywhere (laughs) and then we started to like rip apart like you know like the fan that was right above the bed had a Mm -hmm. camera in it and we like were ripping it apart and then like all these different things had cameras all over the place and we started to get freaked out because like he's our landlord so maybe there's cameras in our house (laughs) and so it was this big sketchy thing and then I woke up and it was one of those ones where it was like crazy but it was also somewhat real and it was so real to me that I woke up thinking it was real yeah and for a second I was like we have to look for cameras and then I was like no we don't (laughs) that was not real or maybe we do it was my subconscious telling me that we have cameras I mean maybe yeah anyways what about you any crazy dreams you have crazy dreams all the time i do but i have crazy melatonin dreams oh yeah i do have crazy melatonin dreams oh i remember one um so i this really is i feel like it's not that funny um like if you're not me but it was funny to me that mine wasn't funny i had well whatever i had a dream that so i have um a couple of friends that I have a, a group chat with, a couple of friends from work. And this was during, like, I I am uh, no longer employed. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm coming out as laid off recently. Um, but this But this was when it was, like, it was either the night it happened or maybe, like, the night before. It was when things were starting to really fall apart and I was feeling, like, high just like high levels of stress, mm-hmm. work-related stress. Mm-hmm. And then I found it. And this group chat is like, these are very, these are not only coworkers, but dear friends to me that mm-hmm. you know these people. They're coming mm-hmm. to our wedding. Kindred spirits. Yeah. Um, and so as you can imagine, the group chat gets a little, it just gets a little silly sometimes. Yeah. And I had a dream Some that... silly gooses in there. I had a dream that someone in the chat screenshotted everything and then leaked all of our conversations and it was on the news the news yeah like cnn was covering your group chat and i texted them when i woke up and i was like i just had a dream that all of our texts got leaked on the news (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice. That would be entertaining. I'd watch that. But I do talk a lot about the dream that I had one time. This was a while ago, but I had a dream that, you know, the Burger King crowns that you you get with like mm-hmm. a kid's the paper meal? crown? I had a dream that I had one of those, but it had these little pockets in the side. For... <laughs> it had these little like cut out pockets on the side for your dipping sauces. And nice. you could dip your chicken nuggets in the in the little pockets. You got the like sauce. ranch on one side <laughs> yeah, and barbecue like, yeah. sauce on the other. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I've I've dripped up some pretty interesting yeah. scenarios, come to think of it. It's pretty good. I honestly don't really remember dreams very often. I do remember this one. I think because like I had when I woke up I was getting ready for work. Mm-hmm. So I like forced myself to remember it so that I could tell you later. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept forgetting about it up until this point. That's why you got to keep a dream journal. Yeah. But now that I've told you, it's going to fall right out of my head. Yeah. And I'm not going to remember yeah. it ever again. I do have like reoccurring, like I guess they're nightmares where I get like someone's chasing me or something. And then I either get stabbed like square in between my shoulder blades mm-hmm. or I get like shot yeah square between my shoulder blades and it's like such a visceral feeling that i will literally wake up and be like ah and like feel like like a sharp sensation like in my shoulder blades yeah i don't know what that is so if anyone knows what that is or you're either a dream analysis or if it's something with my body i think i have like a pinched nerve back there or something maybe i my guess would be some kind of energetic disturbance in that area the energetic disturbance in the force clear up those chakras yeah I was just too tense in my shoulders, and then my subconscious was like, stop! Yeah, exactly. It shocked me. Well, I actually do have fun facts for this movie. Okay. I don't have a lot, but I spaced them out a little bit. So, Alexandre Asha and Gregory Levasseur, who are the writers and Alexandre is the director for this film, are childhood friends. And they made this film as an homage to the old-school horror films of the 70s and the 80s, and that the two would watch together growing up. Nice. Nice. Um, Cécile de France, who plays Marie, uh, trained with a Thai boxer in order to get in shape for her physically demanding role in this movie. She is in, in pretty good shape. Yeah. She does a lot of her own like stunts in this movie, mm-hmm. I read too. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, shall we get right into it? Let's knock this bad boy out. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to start? Um, sure. Thanks. You're welcome. So we are in the south of France. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing some sort of mentally ill woman in what looks to be a psychiatric hospital it's like very white and clean and pristine and she's muttering to herself over and over and over again you can always tell it's a mental hospital by the aesthetic yeah they're in a gown they make it obvious it's white it's sterile Mm -hmm. you know and she's muttering over and over to herself saying i won't let anyone come between us anymore and like she's like i said in a gown and the back of it is like kind of partially open and you can see all these like stapled shut wounds Mm -hmm. and cuts and bruises and she's absolutely fucked up so she has been through something and so now and then there's like 
there's these flashes of like an injured person running through the woods and of course a classic driving through the woods shot and this is also the opening credits by the way so yeah it's kind of flashing back and forth and um after the opening credits things appear to be fairly normal Mm -hmm. uh we meet two friends named murray and alex as we already know Alex is driving the car. Marie mm-hmm. is in the back seat, who just woke up from a crazy dream of her running through the woods. And yeah. someone was chasing her, but that someone was still her chasing herself. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's really fucking weird. Yeah, so we find out that that opening credit scene was it was a dream that mm-hmm. Marie had. And they're going to Alex's parents' house in the country to study their, I'm assuming they're college students. Yeah. So there are some interesting things going on in the country. We see Alex's mother. Uh, she's hanging some clothes out on the clothesline, and her little brother comes out. He's playing. He's talking about how he's excited to see Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's dressed as a cowboy. He's playing with the family dog Hendrix, and then smash cut to a completely different type of scene where there's a weird old man in this beat up like van truck yeah this old kind of truck yeah and he's very obviously like jerking himself off or something Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden well it looks like he's got a wig yeah like on like under like by his crotch area (laughs) his parts yeah and then all of a sudden we see him toss something out of the driver's side window and he drives away and we get a shot of what he tossed out was a severed woman's head Mm -hmm. so that's great so alex and marie are just about to arrive when alex stops the car she says that she sees someone in the cornfield and gets out of the car it's dark by the way so that's not a good idea marie is like um don't do that and follows her out into the cornfield. And so as Marie is kind of walking through the cornfield looking for Alex, she hears the car start up mm-hmm. and drive away. And she comes out of the cornfield to see that Alex is driving away. She runs to catch up with her. And Alex is like, haha, just, just kidding. Just a cute gotcha. little prank. But also like, what the fuck? <laughs> Middle of the night so in a cornfield in a place that I've that never been me. before. Absolutely not. You're going to get, <laughs> honestly, because of this, Alex deserves what's coming to her. Yeah, this that was not a cool thing to do. Yeah, um, I was like, I wrote, we are establishing that these women are dumb. Right, essentially. So they arrive. Alex's dad and her little brother greets them. Her brother is asleep. Mm-hmm. Alex shows Marie up to her room. Um, Marie looks around her room. She comments that it looks like a doll's house. And it does. There's a lot of like weird little toys and trinkets it's just very, and like, things quaint and then shit. and then alex winds up this toy bear that does this absolutely delightful little body roll dance yeah i wish i wish we were on camera because i would demonstrate the dance right now yeah. if i could but he he does yeah he's drumming it's a toy it's a little yeah, toy it's a, bear it's a bear and i'm so passionate about this dance that i'm probably gonna see if i can post a clip of it on our instagram Mm -hmm. i want to see if i can get a little screen record moment maybe but he does he drums and as he drums he just does like the worm yeah he does a little standing standing worm dance and yeah they show it for like probably five whole seconds not long enough (laughs) that could have been the whole rest of the movie and i would have been satisfied (laughs) yeah um 
and so they're just kind of talking and whatever talking about like boys and shit and then marie goes outside to smoke a cig before bed and alex is gonna go up to bed and while marie is out smoking she can see alex showering upstairs and just watches her naked body shower so we're establishing that mary marie she a little queer and i did not know that this was going to be a queer movie i swear to god pride month is over (laughs) i'm done with that sure sure, so i I don't know what this is it kind of took us by surprise little guerrilla warfare or something yeah um so Marie goes inside. She says goodnight to the dog, Hendrix, who's a big St. Bernard, by the way, and goes upstairs and drinks straight out of the sink faucet for some reason. Have you seen um, the live-action Scooby-Doo movie? What? The live-action Scooby-Doo <laughs> no. movie. No, I have not. You haven't? No. Okay. Well, M- Marie looks like Fred. Okay. From the live action. Okay, yeah, Scooby-Doo I see movie. it. I see it. Right? Yeah. Like Freddie Prince Jr., but um, as Fred specifically. Anyway, continue. Yes, big dog, Hendrix. Right. So what I was saying is that Marie goes upstairs to her room and drinks straight out of the sink faucet. Yeah. Instead of getting a cup. Why? Why not? Just... I mean, honestly, though, me, when I don't want to inconvenience someone, I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll just drink straight out of the faucet. Yeah. Don't, I have a mouth. I don't want to dirty a cup. No, I'm I've so sorry. I've got hands. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. So she's in her room. Uh, she listens to music on a Walkman. This was back yeah. in the days before iPods and iPhones. So mm-hmm. she had to listen to music on this large device. That is like a cassette tape thing. Was it a cassette tape or was it a CD? It's like a Walkman. So it's like a, it's, it's like a little portable. I think it was a cassette, but it's like a little portable radio deal. And then it attaches to headphones. Yeah, I know what it is. I just didn't know if it was a cassette that she was playing or a CD. But so uh, she then takes this as a moment to, you know, jerk off herself. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, which is gross gross okay and then we kind of get some scenes where it's like marie doing her thing everyone else in the house is sleeping and then the creepy weirdo truck is driving around and ends up pulling up to this farmhouse yeah. um and then when the truck pulls up outside hendrix the dog is barking the birds that she has are like pissed and like <laughs> i thought the birds would be important and they're not um and once marie is finished with her fucking jerk off session she hears hendrix barking and is like what the fuck and then the doorbell rings and that's when dad wakes up yeah so alex's dad goes to answer it this person rings very aggressively i would not answer that doorbell no but marie looks out the window and she can see from her second story window the man at the door and she watches him just absolutely wreck alex's dad by slashing his face with the switchblade Mm -hmm. he then breaks into the house kills hendrix and decapitates 
Alex's dad. In the most insane fucking way possible. Yeah. by So by pushing his head between two bars along the staircase Mm -hmm. and then shoving a bookshelf toward his head. And just like popping it off. There's certain, I know I've said it before, there's certain things that happen sometimes in these types of movies where I'm like, who thought of that? Whoever thought of this is depraved you need to go figure your shit out whoever thought therapy my guy whoever thought of that idea could probably use a a mental evaluation that thought has never crossed my mind no that's never i've never thought like what's the most creative way i could decapitate a person it was one of those things that like i didn't understand what was happening Mm -hmm. until like he was pushing the bookshelf towards no. him. It, yeah, same. It was and one I, of those things where I'm like, "What are you doing? What, and are, you, I think what are you doing? Actually, What's happening?" <laughs> and I like I'm teasing and making fun, but I think that's actually really creative. Yeah, because you don't know what's about to happen until it happens, and then you're like, "Oh, you don't my have God! time to like prepare yourself." Because it's yeah. like, you know, in like movies where they're about to like curb stomp someone, mm-hmm. and they like take their head and they're slowly putting it like on the curb, mm-hmm. and then they're backing up and they're lifting their leg, like the moment. They like even hint that that's what they're doing. You know that what that's what they're doing. So then you're sitting there and you're like, ah, and you're covering your eyes. And yeah. You're like, I don't want to see it. But in this case, we had no idea what the fuck that he was doing. So the entire time we're sitting there watching and we're like, okay, he's taking his head and he's putting it in the banister. Now he's walking away, and now he's grabbing this bookshelf. <laughs> and you're just sitting there watching, and then the moment it clicks, it's like it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> you're already there. You're in it. You yeah, know? it's very, like, top 10 photos taken moments before disaster. <laughs> like, you just, you don't know what's going to happen like until... It's like freeze frame on the dad with his head stuck in the banister, and you're like, I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> he needs some uh, butter to help squish his head back out. Yeah, you know, the, and, and I will say, this is a very good old-fashioned slasher. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I like that. I, mm-hmm. I like there's there's a couple really good, well thought out deaths. And I, yeah. I appreciate that. So Alex's mother hears the commotion and goes downstairs and the killer walks toward her. We don't see anything, but we do flash back to Marie who hears her screaming. Mm-hmm. So Marie has heard all this. She's in survival mode. So she goes through the guest room and she hides her things to make it look unoccupied and then hides under the bed. Yeah, and she even goes so far as to, like, she because she had just gotten water out of the sink, mm-hmm. so she takes a towel and dries the sink off. Which is smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't take it one step farther because then once the man walks into this room, he is checking the room, he goes into the bathroom, but he touches the tap, the faucet, mm-hmm. and feels that it's wet. So he kind of gets a little bit of a hint that, someone was here he checks the bathtub there's no one in it he lifts up the mattress to look if anyone's under it there's no one there jk marie is there but she moved her feet out of the way so she was able to stay hidden um he ends up closing the door and he leaves um alex is still somehow not awake and then i realize she's wearing earplugs yeah she's I don't know. Even with earplugs, I feel like I wouldn't have slept through all of that. But Your entire family getting murdered? Yeah, yeah but maybe not. To each their own. Uh, the killer has found her in her room, and we see him kind of what looks like move to slash her neck, or at least holds the knife near her neck. Mm-hmm. She wakes up, and he motions for her to be quiet. Mm-hmm. 
So we see Marie still under the bed, uh, hearing screams, and hears that the killer is occupied. So Marie sneaks downstairs and goes into Alex's parents' room where she's looking for a phone. Mm -hmm. And hears footsteps, so runs to hide in a closet. Yeah. And she hides in a closet that's the same closet as was in... The Strangers. uh, Yeah, The Strangers and also they, They Slash Them. Which you didn't see, oh, but see the closet it's was a slatted. The, closet yeah, this closet was a slatted slat, closet so. or whatever the fuck. So she sees Alex's mother with through the slats. She sees Alex's mother with blood all over her, crawling towards the phone that is in the bedroom that mm-hmm. Marie couldn't find, mm-hmm. and watches the killer slit her throat from behind. Mm-hmm. We then hear him, we don't see him, but we hear him, like, slashing the shit out of her, and then he leaves. Um, Also, at this moment, I have a fun fact. Mm -hmm. The overalls that the killer is wearing the whole time, on the back, it says, Asha and Ferrer, which is the director's name. Hmm. Alexandra, Alexandre, Asha, or whatever the fuck. Anyway. Marie comes out of the closet once the killer is gone, grabs the phone, and that's when we see that all that slashing that he was doing was cutting off the mom's hands because Mm -hmm. we see a severed hand next to the phone. Um, And she grabs the phone, but it still doesn't work. Yeah. And then we see a tiny little Tom-Tom running out of the house. Maybe he heard the screams and stuff. And the man then leaves Alex to go chase Tom-Tom. And Marie then takes this opportunity to go check on Alex and see how she's doing. She finds Alex muffled and tied up, but otherwise seemingly unharmed. Mm -hmm. And she runs up to her, tries to undo the muffle and chains. She's having some trouble and she is interrupted by hearing Alex's little brother screaming and running out into the cornfield yelling for his mom. Mm -hmm. And she goes to the window and sees that the killer is following him. And Marie, from the window, watches the killer follow her brother out into the cornfield and shoot him. Yes. Um, Marie then tells Alex that she's going to leave her because she can't let the killer know that there's another person here. And that if the killer was going to kill Alex, he would have done it by now. So, like, assuming, very bold thing to bet on, that he's not going to kill her. So Marie leaves her. She goes downstairs to use the phone in the kitchen, but the phone line was cut. So basically none of the phones work. Um, The man then grabs Alex and shoves her into the back of his fucking murder van. And Marie takes this opportunity to grab a giant kitchen knife. The killer seemingly does one final sweep of the house looking at family pictures. And he really likes Alex, I guess, because he kind of rips her face out of a family portrait and brings mm-hmm. it with him and marie hides outside with the knife uh when he's not looking she sneaks into the back of the truck with alex mm-hmm. so marie in the back of the truck tries to free alex but the killer is returning to the truck very quickly so marie kind of like stands at the ready with her knife but doesn't end up needing to use it because without looking into the trunk he just locks them both in and drives away yeah so the while the van is driving away with marie and alex locked in the back 
the camera kind of pans and we see Tom Tom's body dead with a bullet wound in the back. In the cornfield, we see the dad's body on the staircase and then mom's body in the bedroom. So everyone is dead. Alex is crying, and understandably so. An entire family has just been murdered, and Marie is in the back like, please shut the fuck up. Like, if you don't stop crying, we're going to get killed. Which is kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like if she... It's one of those things where I was like, he just kidnapped her and murdered her entire family. I don't think he'd be, like, alarmed to her crying. You know what I yeah. mean? She's like, you need to shut up or else he's going to find out... I'm back here. Like, I feel like she'd be crying and screaming whether or not yeah. you were back there. So I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Um, needs to get gas. So he stops at a, a gas station. And I guess the back is no longer fucking locked. No, it's weird because as he's driving, Marie seems to kind of be trying to like... Uh, like wiggle the door loose or Mm -hmm. like do something to free them um and she can't but then he stops for gas and then she just hops right out out. so i don't know yeah so she just somehow hops out of the trunk and at this completely empty gas station where there's literally nobody else in the middle of the night she somehow manages to sneak all the way into the store without him noticing Yep, and she runs into the store and looks at the shop owner as like, can you please call the police? And he's like, huh? And then the man walks in, the killer walks in, and I guess they know each other, and he's calling him Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, Jimmy, what's up? And Jimmy's obviously really upset and shook up because he now has seen Marie in the store and is like, what the fuck? And he's kind of toying with a little bit, and he's like, hey, Jimmy, can you... um, bef- Like, Jimmy's going to grab a gun that he has hidden, and before he could do that... The killer's like, hey, can you grab me some alcohol? And the alcohol, I guess, is locked up in France after a certain point. So he's like, sure. So he goes to grab some alcohol. Right when he turns around, Jimmy is met with a giant axe stuck into, like, the dead center of his chest. And he falls to the ground, and the killer kind of squishes the axe deeper into him. Yeah. Um, so Marie, at this point, runs into the bathrooms and hides. It seems as though the killer has heard her because he grabs the axe and he kind of starts walking around looking for her or looking for something and he kind of is muttering to himself like, what were you looking at, Jimmy? Implying that Jimmy snitched with his eyes. Yeah, that's what set him off. Yeah, so the killer goes into the bathroom where Marie is hiding, but he just pees and he Mm -hmm. seems to not hear her. So when he leaves, she sneaks out of the bathroom stall and drinks water again from the faucet. Yeah. So this is something that I guess Marie does. She Mm -hmm. drinks water straight out of the faucet. Yeah. And then she uses the phone from the convenience store or the gas station and calls the police. And she can't tell the operator where she is, what gas station she's at, because she can't find an address or a name for whatever gas station she's at. And they asked for a license plate number on the van. And she's like, I was in the van. I didn't see a license plate. And they're like, well, there's like a shit ton of trucks out on the road. Like, how do you expect us to help you? And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) So she kind of just decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. 
tired of this reality. Us too. How about once a week you take a break and visit a different reality? In Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, we bring you a comedy podcast full of ghosts, werewolves, gentle vampires, and Frankenstein monstrosities made of 72 people stitched together. And somehow, that's not even the strange stuff. A proud member of the Pod Moth Network. Every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. She grabs Jimmy's gun and gets in his car and Yeah, Jimmy had a gun for some reason. He's a shop owner, I don't know. Yeah. He's by himself at a gas station at night. And gets in his car and chases down the van. Yeah, so Marie is driving very fast. Eventually she catches up with the truck. Um, She follows him kind of down a few side roads, takes a couple wrong turns, and eventually he notices that she's chasing him. And he ends up coming up at her from behind and ramming into her car. And eventually he runs her off the road. Mm -hmm. Her car flips and catches on fire. But we know it's going to take more than that to kill Marie. So uh, the actress who played Marie, Cecile de France, she did most of the stunt driving herself. Nice. Including this chase scene in the woods. I love that for her. So good for her. Um, yeah, she's got like gashes and stuff. She has a big gash, I guess, on her on her arm. Um, she's stumbling and she ends up finding these like set of like greenhouses kind of. Mm-hmm. She goes in there to hide, presumably, is able to find a rag to wrap around her arm. And then she sees like a flashlight and the killer is coming after her to hunt her down. And while she's hiding, she sees, like, a wooden stake in the ground that has barbed wire. How she was able to take the barbed wire and wrap it around the post without hurting herself, I I have no idea. But she did it, so good for you, girl. So they're doing a little bit of cat and mouse. She's kind of sneaking around. He's kind of sneaking around. And he eventually grabs Marie from behind and tries to suffocate her with one of the plastic greenhouse sheet like tarp thing there's a word for that i'm sure but i don't know what it is and she eventually collapses Mm -hmm. um he takes this moment to kind of like look over her and like runs the blade up and down mm -hmm. her body and he's being creepy and And of course he gives her enough instead of just killing her he gives her enough time to make a comeback yeah because he's like why do you like alex so much does she turn you on because she turns me on too (laughs) and like sticks his dirty little fingers in her mouth and then gives her (laughs) enough time to grab this huge rock and hit him over the Mm -hmm. over the side of the head with it so after she hits him with the rock she bludgeons him with her barbed wire club fence thing Mm mm-hmm uh, she she kind of looks over the body. She's like checking to see if he's dead. Yeah, and he's not. He grabs for her throat, 
and she suffocates him with Mm -hmm. the plastic thing Mm -hmm. and when he's finally dead there's this weird dramatic slow-mo shot of marie crying and screaming she just screams it's It's like a breaking point yeah it's the moment when the when the killer's dead it's the it's the end like oh god all the things that i had to do yeah yeah it's over exactly so yeah meanwhile the police have finally arrived at the gas station a little too late if you ask me well they didn't she didn't tell them where she was (laughs) these were the days before they had to go to every single gas station in the (laughs) southern france and then they finally ended up at this one these are the days before you could gps locate someone yeah um so they they find jimmy dead of course Mm -hmm. And they review the security footage mm-hmm. where they see Marie with an axe killing Jimmy. There is no killer. It was Marie all along. Yeah. So um, we go back to Alex in the back of this dirty van. <laughs> it's morning now. Yeah. And we're seeing Marie enter the back of the truck, telling Alex that it's all over. And she starts to free her. Alex is very much not excited. Get the fuck away from me, you psycho bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And she threatens Marie with the knife. And Marie is like, don't worry. It's fine. He's dead now. He can't hurt you anymore. And Alex is like, um, you're a crazy bitch. And you just killed my whole family. Yeah. So then we see all these sort of kind of flashback scenes where it's revealed that Marie was, in fact, the killer of Alex's family. There was no dude Mm-mm. it was just it was just murray mm-hmm. just killing people so uh, alex is finally out of the van and out of her chains and her bindings and stuff she still has the knife and marie is still trying to calm her down and she ends up slicing marie across the face and stabs her like square in the stomach um she takes his time to run away and marie is back to being the killer man. She kind of flips. She does a little bit of flipping back and yeah, forth. So, we see the man and then we see Marie. And yeah. then we see, establishing that they're the same person. Yeah. And so we're back to being the killer man. And grabs to goes to grab a chainsaw from the van. And um, chases Alex through the woods. Um, and then we are back to the beginning of this movie. Yeah. But instead so, of Marie running through the woods injured, it is Alex. Mm-hmm. And Alex runs out in the woods and just about into a car. Uh, She bangs on the window asking for help. She jumps in the car and screams at the driver to drive, but the motor stalls. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we see the killer running after them, catching up with them. Marie slash the killer jumps on top of the car, cuts into the window with the chainsaw and kills the driver. In a very bloody fashion. So bloody that the camera that was used during this attack scene got so much fake blood on it that when it was being used later on in filming, the fake blood was oozing from the camera (laughs) as they were focusing in and out of a shot. (laughs) Oh my god. Gross. Anyways, so while all of this is happening and Marie as the killer man is trying to get Alex with this big chainsaw thing, um, Alex gets lucky and I guess there's a toolbox in the back of this car and so she grabs a crowbar and we kind of see her like whacking some of the glass out of the front windshield and then we see her like crawling in the road. 
But she has gotten a piece of glass. She's gotten like a whole window pane's worth of glass stuck in her fucking ankle. It's right, always the ankle. No, right in her Achilles. Yeah. It's like through her Achilles down into I her ankle. It. I hated it. That was the worst. That was the worst thing in the whole movie. What is it? With I think it's just like some obviously that was it's worse done on than purpose. Decapitation. I wanted to throw up. It's obviously done on purpose because of the reaction it has elicited from both of us. <laughs> but I don't understand the thing with ankles. Is it just because it's oh. so sensitive? I don't know, honestly. I, I don't feel know. like it's one of those things where like, like how I watch a lot of like videos where they like um, analyze like. Um, interrogations Mm -hmm. and one of the things that they say is that a lot of people will like cover or put their hands over their collarbone because collarbones are really sensitive so when someone's really uncomfortable or they're trying to protect themselves they'll put their hands over their collarbone or like cover it in some Mm -hmm. way and so like I don't know it maybe ankles is like a collarbone type deal I don't know I mean I guess if we're thinking about it in terms of natural instincts, it mm. makes sense because if your ankles are compromised, then you can't, you can't run, away. run or walk. But there's something like I f- physically feel it in my body. Yeah. I want to die uh-huh. when something happens to someone's ankle. Yeah. And I don't know, it's almost like a funny bone reaction. Like yeah. it just, it feels like it hurts or feels way worse than it needs to. It just like makes everything feel like jelly. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, like tingly. Anyway, yeah, her ankles fucked, so that's why she can't fucking run or walk anywhere. Yeah, so she's not getting very far. No. Marie threatens her with the chainsaw and forces Alex to uh, basically forces her to tell her that she loves her, and then kisses her. Well, once Alex says yes, yes, I do love you, we go from killer man back. Right, to Marie. back to Marie. So now it's Marie, and she drops the chainsaw and goes to kiss Alex. Mm-hmm. During which, Alex stabs Marie in the chest with the crowbar. She doesn't just stab her. She fucking turns her into she, a fucking shush kebab, dude. She does. She yeah. really rips into her with that crowbar. And Marie tells Alex that she won't let anyone come between them anymore. And she says it over and over and over again. And so we're right back to our beginning scene now. Marie mm-hmm. is is in the mental hospital. She was the one in the mental hospital. And we see Alex watching Marie. I don't know what do you call that glass. Like double-sided or one-sided. Yeah, one-way mirror. A one-way mirror. Right? Yeah, where you... Yes, a one-way mirror where you can see them, but they can't see you. Yeah. And Marie... Or I'm sorry, Alex turns presumably to a nurse or a doctor or someone and is like she can't see me right and at this point marie like turns around and is like alex <laughs> and then, smiles and like and reaches sh- her arms out towards where alex is standing and then that's it end of movie that was a pretty good last scene that actually incited terror <laughs> fear (laughs) repulsion (laughs) yeah that was that was a i i really liked i liked that Mm -hmm. it it freaked me out a little bit yeah so i have two more fun facts okay so according to the director the screenplay version of the film had the entire movie for marie's version of events 
You did not find out that she was the killer until the end of the film after Marie defeats the killer and rescues Alex. Then it would cut back to the hospital room and you would see Marie in handcuffs. A police officer would roll in a TV, show Marie the video of her killing the gas station attendant, and ask if she wanted to change her story. Uh, The real version of events was meant to be a completely other movie. And, however, when the writers presented the script to Luke Besson, he convinced them to change the ending to include the last reel of film, revealing Marie as the killer instead of the last five minutes. Yeah. Which I think is better. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that, like, especially with movies like this, you can't bank on you're going to get funding for a second movie. Yeah. Because imagine if they did do that and then they didn't end up making a second movie. Right. That would have been fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. It's not like Fast and the Furious where you know you're going to be making like 50 of those movies. Yeah. Anyway. um, The other one is when the killer first appears on screen, pleasuring himself in the truck. I guess it was, um, there's, he obviously tosses out a human head. And there was a lot of discourse of people saying that the human head that he tosses out is Alex's head. Um, Because there's like dried blood under the nose and... Uh, it's the same as when Alex was discovered chained in her bedroom. Like, the face looks the same, I guess. But according to director's commentary on the movie, uh, he clearly states that it's not Alex's head, but the kind of girl that the killer likes. So something Mm -hmm. similar. And if you take a really close look at the decapitated head, which why would you, uh, you can see that the hair is longer and also the eyebrows are different and the, like, different facial structure. Um, but I thought that was interesting that there was like a like a discourse that people were like, it's Alex's head. Anyways, one of my favorite things to do with movies like this where there's this twist where it's like, Marie was the killer all along. So I'm assuming Marie maybe just never came back inside after smoking. So like when she kills the dad, that's her coming back inside. Maybe. That would be my guess. And then also my question is in the gas station when she runs in and is like, sir, call the police. So then who comes in afterwards and talks to the guy and is like, hey, Jimmy, is that just her? (laughs) Like getting up and like acting normal, being like, well, Jimmy. And then the guy's like, what the fuck? She might not have run in in the first place. She might have just. But like the other guy reacted to it. That's true. And then my other thing is, if the killer's driving the van, and she supposedly was driving the gas station attendant's car, Mm -hmm. how is she driving two cars at once? How did she run herself off the road? Is she just driving the van and pretending that she did the car thing? I'm guessing that is probably a product of her imagination. Because she's very clearly in the truck at the end. Yeah, she had to have been driving the truck. So I don't think she ever drove the the guy's car at all. Because she would have had to have taken the truck away from the gas station. So there probably was no chase. There probably was no car crash. That was probably all a dream. Dream, dream, dream. Weird. Anyways, yeah. those are the things I like to think of when it's like... They were one person all along. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to imagine her, like, driving the truck, like, a few feet, and then getting out and running, getting yeah. back into the, like, Camaro, and then, like, driving <laughs> it, and yeah. then getting out and running. Uh, 
Anyways, okay, so what would you rate this movie on a scale of 1 to f- 10? 1 to 10 dancing dancing drum bears. Teddy bears. Um, you know, I I thought it was pretty good. I don't have a ton of complaints. It it was more gory than I personally like. You mm-hmm. know, I don't I'm not really a big fan of like um a lot of blood and a lot of guts and I I don't like a lot of sexual stuff in horror movies because I'm uh-huh. crude and also because I just But don't, this was gay. I, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't think it's necessary. I just I'm I wasn't I'm just never impressed by that. Mm-hmm. So, um I would give it a 7 out of 10 dancing bears. Yeah, honestly I was going to give it the same. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. Good twist. Mm-hmm. Pretty well done. Not a ton of plot holes. No. If any, really. Yeah. I just want to understand why she had to drink out of a faucet so many times. Because why not? C'est la vie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we do our connect game? I suppose. This is going to be hard. Maybe we should skip this one. Because I, I fear we might never get it. No, I think we can do it because, okay, so we're going to do May Wen, who is um, Alex, because she has been in two notable movies. She's been in The Fifth Element and Leon the Professional, which have some pretty famous people in them. So you need to just pick... Okay. Another um, famous person. Maybe make it an easier one. Okay. Um, I will pick Johnny Depp. Okay, so we're connecting May Wen to Johnny Depp. And this is Zero Connects because she actually not only starred, but produced and directed this film called J- Jean Jean Duberry, which is starring her and Johnny Depp. It is a movie about it's a romance where Jean uses her charm and intelligence to climb the social ladder step by step. She becomes one of the favorites of King Louis the Fifteenth and falls madly in love. And Johnny Depp plays King Louis. And she plays Jean the Berry. Wow. Yeah. The more you know, go watch that movie. She directed, produced, and stars in it alongside Johnny Depp. So good for her girl power. Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Next week, it'll be a listener pick. So we'll probably post a poll uh, right after this episode comes out. So go check our Instagram for that to vote on it if you want to have a say. Uh, that will be at Speak of the Devil Pod. You can follow us on Twitter, which I'm probably going to delete because fuck Elon Musk at Speak Devil Pod. We should get um, a threads. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd use threads. I'll do that. Sure. I'm Next week to... we'll add our threads. Hmm? Next week we'll plug our threads. Cool. Or maybe cool. if we make it in time. I'll put it in the show notes if you want to follow our threads. 
Um, Maybe it's not too late to get Speak of the Devil as the Oh, yeah. Movie. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> um, if you want to send us a suggestion or just tell us how much you like us or tell us a story or something, you can send us an, an email at speakofthedevilpodcast1 at gmail.com. Um what else oh spotify if you listen on spotify they do this great thing where i can add a q a question uh i've decided i thought it'd be pretty fun for you guys to contribute and give your answers to kayla's questions so i'm going to put kayla's question as the question for each episode so if you have an answer for crazy dreams that you've had and you listen on spotify feel free to answer the question and tell us your crazy dream I have noticed that feature before, but mm-hmm. I think the automatic question that Spotify asks is, is like, what did you think of yeah. the episode? And I'm always afraid that someone's just going to be like, it was really bad. Yeah. I always see it because they give me the option to like edit it before I publish the episode, mm-hmm. but I never know what to write until yeah. now. I'm going to just put Kayla's question in there. So if you want to contribute and answer Kayla's question and you listed on Spotify, you can definitely do that. Um... Is there anything else that I'm missing? I, I did Instagram. So. We're going to plug our threads. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can get Gmail. a threads. Shit. I'll figure it out. We got to contact Zuck. The Zuckerberg. Yeah. And I get us a thread. It might be... I don't know. I'll figure it out. When I made my threads, they wanted me to make the threads the Speak of the Devil thread. And I was like, no, I'm making my personal thread. You should have done it. I wanted my personal Well, one first. I'll plug my personal threads. Um, you can follow me. K, it's K underscore A as in A-A-Y-Y underscore L-A. And um, I'll, I'm, I'm going to post probably a lot of really funny things. So you can follow me at least. You can follow me too. It's at Tay Clemens. C-L-E-M-E-N-S. No one's going to follow me. No one will follow me either. But anyway, might as well. So we can become thread superstars. Um, well, thanks <laughs> for listening. Um, we're not really scared of anything. Are you? <laughs>